Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Welcome to the Buker and Friends podcast, co-starring 10-year NBA center Ryan Hollins. Six rebounds and eight assists. Collins climbs the stairs. Down the floor. He is the high jumper. That's what I want to see. Give me some gunpowder and throw the hammer down. And now, here is your host. Let's send it over to Rick Buecher. Rick Buecher. Welcome to another episode of Buker and Holland subsidiary Buker and Friends, part of the United Wecast Network. I'm Rick Buker. You can see me on FS1. You can read me on Bleacher Report, and you can follow me on Twitter at Rick Buker. He is Ryan Hollins. You can see him on ESPN. You can follow him on Twitter at the Ryan Hollins and on Instagram at Ryan Hollins, and you can follow me on Instagram as well at Rick underscore Buker. All right, we are actually re-recording this. I I I just have to be direct we just had a sensational back and forth on uh well we started off with social media reaction and i guess this allows me to truncate that whole conversation i know that you in um in your making more appearances not not you've made them before but you've it seems to me that you've been making more frequent appearances on first take recently is that fair to say yeah absolutely and okay. you know to the basketball world this this time of year when there's not really a lot of media going on you kind of fall on those hump days yes you got a opportunity to own the day a little bit brother because you know the one thing about doing first take or uh what, what's the other show is it undisputed or what's the name yes. of it yes For, forgive me i'm not I'm not uh, speak for yourself. Shot. Yeah, I just I get those names mixed up all the time. Well, no, undisputed is you're the first thing in the morning, so you you kind of create the content for the rest of the day, right? And everybody kind of chimes in off of what you've created. You know what I'm saying? Often, I don't that know if is... people really realize you you create the content. Like it's funny, 
Rick, I'm I'm really involved in the production of the show. Right. In the sense that, hey, I'm active and hey, I like this topic. I don't like this. Hey, I feel strong here. I don't feel strong here. Right. And it like it's really cool. And nobody only you'd understand this, Rick, because you do it all you literally do it all the time, but do your reporting. But you create a content or an angle to a topic that gets picked up by other major outlets. And when you see your topic, you sit back and go, man, like this is like this is pretty cool. Well, you know what I'm saying. Sometimes, sometimes it depends on how it's picked up. This is the distinction no, no, when I'm well, doing a story. If something is that... cherry picked out of that story and kind of taken out of context and made no, into a can... debate oh. a topic, that bothers me. Well, but if well, the topic instance, yeah, yeah. is the topic, then yes, no, that feel like I've struck a chord. For instance, like when me and Shaq went back and forth. And it was, you know, what was wild is that in two minutes we covered, and you 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 understand this, Rick. We covered LeBron James, Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, um, the Chicago Bulls, the Warriors. It, it it was an array of topics in one landscape. Hmm. And I remember on one show, I forget one of the Bulls was on there, and they go, "Hey, are you better than the Warriors?" So then these guys had topics to rebuttal and like the right. stuff that me and Shaq brought up, right. it lived for a week or two weeks, you know? So when when you either do that or you create a segment or you give something that you hear or you say and then somebody else picks it up inadvertently. Yeah. I don't want to say inadvertently. You just you know the you know where the content you know you created that content. To me, that's pretty cool. But I hear you, Rick, what stinks is that yeah. You'll give a full story, context, sources, everything, and they go, Buker said this guy isn't happy. Whoa, right. Whoa, whoa. Well, I didn't say he's not happy. <laughs> right. Whoa, right. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Right. chill, chill out. Right. <laughs> or the, you know, the, the the biggest one that keeps sticking in my mind is, you know, KD said it's a toxic, toxic. environment around LeBron James. It's like, oh, no, that's one that that wasn't a, what the story was about, and two, that's not exactly what he said. Hey, Rick, have you ever taken it in the sense that like? I don't know. Let me. You you can answer this either way if you want. Yeah. LeBron and the Lakers became toxic, but at first you're like this guy stirring something and then like taking Durant out of context. But part of when the Lakers went toxic, were you kind of like, hey guys, I wasn't reporting that, but at least y'all, I'm looking a little better, as it was said. No, no, because it it, it wasn't no. I, I, this, I never took, I I never took any satisfaction out of that. I don't want to say that there. I felt like there shouldn't have been heat, and it looked like you know, you know, it looked like you looked like the shady reporter, like oh, Kevin said, like you know, right. and that wasn't the deal, right? You know, because we we try to steer away from those guys, but it was taken out of context. But I'm saying, like, I felt like when the Lakers stuff happened, it was kind of like, yeah, he was right. <laughs> no, well, you know what? You know what I do take satisfaction from is that I wrote about that. I mean, that comment was in a piece that I wrote about the yin and yang of playing with LeBron James and that other stars, like complimentary players, will, you know, take less, will do whatever is necessary to go play with LeBron because he makes the game easier for them. If they, you know, if they're if they're shooters, I mean, like a, a Jared Dudley, yeah. it's a great. He he he's gonna love playing with LeBron. He's looking forward to playing with LeBron. 
But if you're a, a Kawhi Leonard or a Paul George or you're a star on his level, a Kevin Durant, you don't want the, the desire to go play with him. You want to compete against him. And I've said that. I mean, that, that was the gist of the story, and I had guys in it talking about that. And people thought I was, you know, I was being critical of LeBron or I was undermining or, or it just it was wasn't true. Like a, I was just it was coming actually up more with... of a compliment. It was more of a compliment. Like, yes. yes I, want, his... I want to compete against you. You're And, I, I, and I've always said with the Durant – LeBron relationship, you know, whether it's documented or not, I always taken it as kind of like either big brother or kind of like, yo, I, like I'm on your heels, right. like I'm on your footsteps. Like, hey, you joined a, a powerful team to get rings and be the top dog. I joined a powerful team to get rings and be the top dog. You went out after the business venture and, and basketball has had a best of both worlds. You know, I'm going after the best of both worlds yeah. now in my business. So I felt like LeBron opened the path for guys like KD and then KD kind of like, hey, you can't tell me when LeBron switched on to him in those finals, KD was at his head. He sure. knew he was guarding him. No, I, I believe that KD above and beyond anything else is competing with LeBron James. Um, Colin Cowherd, my FS1 colleague, said that the other day on a show, and I agree with it wholeheartedly. I believe if you try to understand the moves that KD is making, look at them through the prism of the moves that LeBron has made. And you will see that they mirror each other. LeBron leaves Cleveland and goes where if he stays in Cleveland, he could have still been making runs to the finals. But it wasn't about that. It was about living where he wanted to live and being in a major market. Same thing with, with KD going to Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Wanted to live where he wanted to live. Wanted to get back to the East Coast and because he's from D.C. And wanted to, uh, wanted to be in a major market to be able to take advantage of the business deals there. And I know he had business deals in the, in the Bay Area, but he was never going to be – he was never going to have bigger deals than Steph Curry has. That's just the bottom line. And when you're the best player, arguably the best player in the, in the game – and you're not even regarded as the top dog on your team, you're going to look to go elsewhere. So I just believe that's, that's, that's been the litmus for him. Um, one of the other things that we got into that was not recorded and that I wish it had, we went into depth about Kawhi Leonard and the decision he made and what we discovered about Kawhi Leonard that, we should have known maybe, but I think that we forgot, Ryan. When you when you saw this, when you saw it, how it played out and some of the answers that he gave in the press conference, what did you what did you make of, of Kawhi Leonard? What did you learn about Kawhi Leonard that well, maybe you didn't know before? Well, just going back to his decision, great, great stuff, Rick. Um I don't think anybody knew the gangster that Kawhi had. Mm. That he he orchestrated his own deal. Uh, he pretty much said, "Hey, I, I've got to, I've got to get another star to go to L.A." He kept his cards so tight to his chest that no one could see. And as the speculation was there, Rick, you didn't see him saying, "Go get Paul George," or "I'm not coming." Mm-hmm. It always seemed like he just did not care. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I it was. 
the thing that the takeaway from me in hearing everything that he said is that you know people at various times were saying oh it looks like the lakers are in the pole position or the raptors are the team is is where he's going to end up um as long as you didn't take the clippers completely out of the equation that's what a lot of people did which some people did for sure i don't think that I think all those other takes, depending on when they were, were potentially accurate at that particular time. Now, takes when it came to during the season, because I think we had people already saying he was going certain places at that time. And I don't believe that that was the case. Now, the Clippers were on him very early, and this is also where it gets confusing. Because there are times where a team's intentions somehow get translated into this is what a player is going to do. And the one thing, as you mentioned, the one thing we learned about Kawhi, and we should have, uh, maybe we should have known, and I'm just looking for this. Here's the piece that I did. I did a piece on him. I'm just looking at the date here. This was July 26th. So this was almost uh, to the day a year ago. And <laughs> it's, um, there was a quote in the, in the headline is, don't expect any favors, uh, NBA execs dish on how to keep Kawhi in Toronto. And it was really a look at what led to him leaving San, uh, San Antonio and what Toronto would have to do in order to be able to keep him. And so it's, we should have known at that point that this is really a guy yeah, but, who, who sets I mean, his Rick, own chart, who sets his own course. Yeah, but Rick, it was, it was so quiet, but remember the news kind of dropped and they were like, uh, you know, Toronto not willing to trade Pascal Siakam for Paul George. And it was kind of like, huh? Like, yeah, or Russell Westbrook, whatever it said, and it was like, what does that have to do with anything? Somehow that zoomed over my head and said, what does that have to do with? I'm like, are they trying to like kind of tool back up or like? To me, that had nothing to do with Kawhi going, go get this guy, or else I'm not coming back. Right, right. That went clear over my head, bro. I'm just like, what, what? I'm like, that's not realistic. Yeah, I'm just. I'm looking at a couple of quotes here from this story, and uh, one of the uh, an, an Eastern Conference VP said to me, uh, "Find out what he doesn't like, what his fears are, what will make him happy, uh, what is most important to him, who does he want to play with, um, what are those business opportunities local that you can extend to the player. The money is not going to be great, but depending on the market, it could move the needle. All these things matter." You might not think they matter, but they do. And Kawhi Leonard definitively had ideas about what he wanted, who he wanted to play with, and ultimately where he wanted to play. And this is the other element that when San Antonio moved him, it was at that time, it was Kawhi wants to go back home. And we sort of lost sight of that over the course of the year, did we not? I mean, I, I didn't. To me, I always said that. Remember, Rick, remember we talked. I said, this is a guy that was his 
NBA birth came into 50 win seasons and championships mm. and, and domination. And for him, he's at a stage in his career that I feel like playing at home is the most important. And that's why I always favored the Clippers. But Rick, what I lost sight of is that the Clippers plan was always, and it seemed kind of out the box to me, they positioned themselves for two stars knowing they could trade Gallinari. Mm -hmm. And what I really didn't see is that Kawhi had to have expressed that to them a long time ago. Right. Kawhi had to express a long time ago, if I'm coming, this is how I'm coming and why I'm coming. You're getting another star. Right. And Gallinari ain't it. Right. You know what? But ultimately, here's the thing. The Clippers weren't able to get that done. Kawhi was the one who instigated it. He was the one who called Paul George and said, come play with me. And then Paul George going to Oklahoma City and saying, I want to go to LA. I want out. I mean, ultimately, that's why I, I go back to, and I thought, look, I had, along with our friend Jalen Rose, I, didn't, I wasn't saying 99%, but I thought by default he would go back to Toronto on a short-term deal because, as he said to me at the beginning of the year in another piece that I did, I think it was in the yin and yang of, of playing with LeBron, he said, I, look, I, I want to compete against him. He's beat me once in the finals. I beat him once in the finals. I don't have anything to prove, but gave the indication he, he wasn't even thinking like oh I, like I got the chance to go play with LeBron that's what I want to do that, it, that that was not his mindset as with I mean that's the validation that I feel in 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 that story was that look stars it's it's a compliment to LeBron his shadow is too big guys don't want to they want to compete I, against I him they don't like... want to play they don't want to play in that shadow they don't want to be the second banana I hear that but I, I feel like I feel that Toronto wasn't second up. I felt like the Lakers were, in a sense, if they kind of maneuvered the right way and the Clippers couldn't for some odd reason, Hmm. in the sense that Kawhi was creating this path where he can manage his way to another championship. And really, you know, I had had missed that. I I had missed that, but I felt like you know, when I heard Lakers in the mix, because I just I took them all the way out. Yeah. Um, I felt like that was the play there that, hey, I can play with another player. Right. I can I can get in and we can kind of take turns and I can get back to where I needed to be. And I, I, I would you know, I'm not I haven't spoke to Kawhi. I don't know anything but about anything. But I felt like they were a strong second in the sense that um, they could they could kind of get there. You know, this is why I question that, and I and and I guess it's the tug of going home. But if they were a strong second, why would he call Paul George to see if he would come to the Clippers to play with him for the Clippers? He didn't have to do that. He didn't have to go to those lengths. He already had not only one star; he had two stars that he could play with with the Lakers. There wasn't any need for him to go the extra mile and recruit a star to the Clippers so that he could go home and play for L.A. That's where, I'm not saying that Toronto was second. I'm just saying, I feel as if, yeah, the Lakers were an option, but it was almost like 
It was an option he really didn't want to have to exercise. He was looking for another way to go play in L.A. and not have to play for the Lakers. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. Absolutely. I felt like the Lakers were a B plan because of you'd have to go join LeBron, which, you know, it's not that LeBron is a bad guy, but he wants to do it his way. And uh, also in um, in the sense of, um, hey, the Clippers laid it out for me. Mm-hmm. The Lakers laid it out for LeBron, and they're going to kind of lay it out for me too, and they laid it out for AD. Yeah, We're kind of going to be equal shares here, but the Clippers laid it out for me. So, from the beginning. From the beginning. So yes. ideally, like I want this to be home, but logically – I can't I can't beat my body up. And I didn't think that that was a team with Gallinari and Shea and whatever that he would have to do that with. But I think he, you know, he saw it as I need another. Hey, everyone. I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. Star, and I, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to question the man's basketball because I think within the last two years, He's made some of the most powerful moves we've we've seen, Rick, uh, in the sense of he gets out of San Antonio, mm-hmm. he wins it with the Raptors, they go all in trading for Gasol and you know moving some of their young pieces, and then he he gets on in the great. I mean, I mean, I couldn't think of a more ideal situation with the Clippers now. Well, and yet look, and this is what again when you think about what Kawhi went through. He stood up to the most revered franchise in the NBA. Maybe yeah. still, right? Yeah. And and some of the most revered players. Mm. And said, "Absolutely, no, absolutely." Right? Absolutely. No, yeah. And yeah. so that again, an indication <laughs> of one, this dude is strong-willed. He's mm-hmm. mentally tough. And he's gonna do what he thinks is best for Kawhi Leonard. That's why. Man, I'd have, I'd have cracked, bro. Right? I'd have cracked under. There's a lot of pressure, oh, man. Oh, there's a lot I of mean, pressure. I'd have cracked, or I'd, or like you know, emotionally, I get Toronto. I get to Toronto, and I'm I'm going at San Antonio. I'm throwing little jabs. I'm right. oh well, I'm happy now. Right. No one's throwing me under the. I, you know, I, it. I don't know how he didn't so commonly when these guys get moved to situations you you say something about the other team. Right. You allude, nope. you know, something. He didn't do nothing, man. Nope. Nope. No, it's he is I think people underestimate him from how quiet because of how quiet he is and and even, you know, I, I the, whatever role Uncle Dennis had, people people have hated on Uncle Dennis, but those two orchestrated exactly what they wanted to have happen and it happened the way they wanted it to happen it happened when they wanted to have it happen i said it at the time i mean i really thought he did it about as well as you could do it i know there's lakers fans out there that think he somehow held them hostage he made a point of that in the press conference he goes hey look 
I didn't tell them to wait for me. Like, they could have made their move. This is what, again, this is what I respect about the New York Knicks. Once they said, you know what, KD's not coming here, and we're not going to sign Kyrie just to try to convince KD otherwise. We'll take a shot at Kawhi. Kawhi's willing to meet with us, but it's it's going to be late in the process. We don't like our chances. They said, you know what, we're going we're gonna to go another direction. We're, we're not going to play this hand to the end and then lose if we're holding a losing hand. I respect that. Sometimes you just got to look at it and say, it's not our day. Like we got to go some, we got to, we got to wait for another day to, to get our victory. So, and, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, New York did every deal as a, a team option, a one and one team oh, option. Oh, all of them, all of them keep them alive for both 2020 and 2021. And it's all Ooh. young players. It's, I like, look, I like adding a Julius Randle and a Taj Gibson. Uh, I, 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 I'm okay with what they did. Now, there's people who are going to look at it, and I've had GMs tell me, GMs that I respect, have said, yeah, you know what? At one point, the Knicks have to realize they're not a destination anymore. Madison Square Garden, the Mecca, all that, you got to build something for real. And I agree with that, and I'm not suggesting that, you know, there's a bonanza of free agents, Paul George, LeBron, uh, Bradley Beal, you name it, all kinds of of uh, stars. Who I, I, Kawhi Leonard even I think has an out signed a three year deal has an out after two years. Now that's so he can sign a super max, but it's also he kind of still maintains his his flexibility. But in any event, I don't know whether the Knicks are going to get a a, a superstar in twenty twenty or twenty twenty one. But I like the fact that they're going, you know what, we, we can't go from the worst record in the league to think we're going to sign a couple stars and then here we go. We have to build a base. We have to get better. We have to, we have to build a team and then that might attract the next superstar who sees a team that he can carry to the next level. I thought that New York really dropped the ball on. But maybe obviously they wouldn't have they wouldn't they couldn't have done it now. They'd had to wait closer to the trade deadline. What's up? Um, to get in play with Russell Westbrook. And I feel like if they kinda gave him that stamp, um, maybe he waits for New York. And I don't know if there was interest there, but I thought that was a huge opportunity mistaken in the sense that Russell's playing style, yeah. New York would love him. They would love him, Rick. Okay. And uh, mm-hmm. some, you know, me and Chris Broussard kind of went back and forth. And I said, Chris, the guy is respected and he can recruit. And he didn't quite agree. And I said, hold on, Chris. He got Paul George to choose Oklahoma over Los Angeles. Yeah. And we know location is a lot to guys. He chose Oklahoma over Los Angeles. And that was because of Russell Westbrook. And everybody said, well, he, Paul George left. No, it was respect. Oklahoma said, we know you came here with us, and now we're going to send you home. Right. It didn't work out. We're going to send you home. So I feel like hats off to Oklahoma City, Rick. I don't know how you feel about this for giving that respect mm. to Paul George and say, we're going to send you home. And Russell, even though it's in the Western Conference, we're going to allow you to play with James. And, and guys, go for it. So that brings me to my next, my next topic that I want to hit with you. And that's that uh, Sam Presti, the GM of the Thunder, wrote a piece in the Oklahoman 
about uh, that uh, they're not using it as excuses. Small market teams can still rise to uh, compete at the highest level in the league, but they are without question playing at a disadvantage. And to judge what they do and the moves that they make through that prism, that that is the fair thing to do. Now, some people took that to suggest that, well, Sam's just covering his tracks. He's providing an alibi. He should have never signed Russ Westbrook to the max deal. He had to move Russ Westbrook as, you know, that, that moving Russ Westbrook was a concession that signing him was a mistake. And I categorically reject that. Now, my view of Russell has shifted over the last year or so. Mm, how was that? Well, I, I first of all, I always defended him when both KD and Russ were there. People would say that Russ is holding KB, KD back, and I'd say KD was an MVP in Oklahoma City, a league MVP, and won four scoring titles. Shut up with the Russ Westbrook isn't allowing KD to be KD. It, it might be the offense, it, but it's. I looked at it, and I felt that, KD had some issues as much as Russ did. And you want Russ to be a prototypical pass-first pass point guard? That's not who he is. And there were times where KD wasn't aggressive or was, was settling. And Russ was like, I can go everybody and try to get by the cup. I'm going to give it to you a couple times. If the ball comes back to me and you haven't made a move or you're going to jack up a 26-footer, <laughs> I'm going. Okay, uh, uh, I'm not waiting. For, I'm not waiting for you because I can, I can get it done too. And with the 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 level of energy that he expended, the amount of work that he did on his game, his level of fitness, uh, the fact that okay, so he could be surly with the media and fans at times, but I never heard that he was surly. With teammates, he was demanding, but he wasn't surly. I didn't hear anything. I, I, I didn't. I had never heard anything about Russ Westbrook that any that comes anywhere close to what I heard about Chris Paul behind the scenes. Well, no, not even. Well, how did you feel about? And was this part of your twist? And I know Stephen A. kind of did this on the show before I came on. That he said that. Russell Westbrook kind of had a talk with KD, and KD left him under the impression that he was coming, and staying. then staying. Yeah, and then he kind of gets a text, and kind of left Russ hanging a little bit. Right, where they had all went to eat, and you know, um, you know, Kendrick confirmed it, but mm. everybody slammed Russ big time, and when KD left, because Russ ran left, him out of town, they slammed, they slammed Russ. Yeah. Or like, what? Well, why are you mad at him, Russ? Right. Or what's your what's your deal? And now, Russell held code and never complained and said, "Man, because this dude told me he was staying." You know, and right. I, I know they're boys now. They got along, man. It's obvious. It's water on the ridge. But are we did that kind of change your mind to Westbrook and go, man? Like this dude took a lot of scrutiny and he he never threw Kevin under the bus. No, that only confirmed it. I mean, look. He did the whole cupcake thing. So it's not like he didn't take some of his shots at some point. But No, 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 no. What I'm saying is he didn't tell the story. Right. He didn't say why. Yeah, but that's now clearly they got into it. That's kind they of, got into it, but I'm saying 
he could have blown that would have changed the whole perspective right well but i i think it's a matter of who do do i want to <laughs> do i want to benefit the media <laughs> and tell this story or am i just going to hold Who's fire bothered, but i mean Rick, you've been there. He was getting bashed. Yes, he was. But Russ was getting bashed, and he took it on the chin and never, you know, he didn't want to, oh, let me explain myself, guys. This is why. He's been he bashed. Just, oh, he's been me. bashed since he's been in the league. And don't he's being bashed. He's being bashed now. The whole idea that Oklahoma City made a mistake by by signing him to the max. Now that's crazy. Is 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 just idiotic i mean i don't know any other way to put it it's you're oklahoma city and you have a guy who's a league mvp a league mvp and i you can talk about how he got triple doubles the fact is averaged a triple double two seasons in a row and you're saying he's not worth the max well well and ultimately too i take my hat off again to sam presti because like i brought up again he took on Chris Paul's contract, and now the, the, you know they're going to have to be very creative to move that. They're going to have to be really creative, sure. and it creates an intriguing situation. But to me, I have a deeper respect because I felt like he took that on to get Russell somewhere that he could be happy, and he didn't have to do that. He didn't have to do You're that, right. Rick. Maybe there's more to it. This is my speculation. I'm not taking this from any source or anything, but I take it. Hats off. He sends Russell to Houston and he sends Paul to L.A. Now, the L.A. move was crazy because he gets Shea Gildrick, Alexander, you know, future picks. It was that's going to be something that puts Oklahoma in in good running moving forward. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, I believe the, the Westbrook move was just it was respect. It's like, dude, you signed back. You did not leave. And now we want to help you go where you want to go. Yeah. I can't help but feel that if they, if and when they move Chris Paul, and I would expect that they will. It may not be before the season starts. But I can't help but think that Andrew Wiggins is going to be involved. Because when I look across the league, if there's one contract that a team is motivated to move, as much as Oklahoma City is motivated to move Chris Paul, it's the Minnesota Timberwolves. That would be a really good fit. Motive, motivated to move Andrew Wiggins. That's a really young team, and Chris's leadership could really come into play there. It could come and, into and, play there, and you got you got a young. You would be putting together a young backcourt in Oklahoma City to see how that. That works between Shea well, and, and Andrew Wiggins. Yeah, they Canadians. They're boys. They definitely have a connection there. It's. I feel. I feel like they look alike, man. They might be some <laughs> side by sides action there. Uh, I just. I don't. You know. This. There's. I've heard some rumblings, but you know, I, I haven't heard anything definitive. It just. Again, this is where taking the you know the thirty thousand foot view often is the most accurate. You just kind of sit back and you look at what makes the most sense. And if we had, if we put together Kawhi Leonard and what he said mm-hmm. when he wanted out of San Antonio, he wanted to go to L.A., uh, he didn't want to play with LeBron, he wanted to compete against him. Uh, the I mean, I just... his Being very much his own man and demonstrating that in a multitude of ways... 
it all just kind it all just kind of makes sense. And I and I'll throw this out too for for Chris in the sense that you know I hope he gets to orchestrate a move where he you may be Paul? set up. Yeah, yeah, Chris Paul, where he could get on a team where he obviously mentors the young guys, mm-hmm. kind of helps them move forward, but even gets in a bigger deal where he could you know step into a front office or coaching position if he like you know you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because he's got that type of he's got that type of personality and and, and kind of zing, you know. You it didn't work with James in the sense, and I don't know details, but the, it, they, those guys were they were too close. They were two two alphas. They were just too close, man, and it didn't work out. But I think in a situation where he can mentor guys, they can really have the value of what he has to say, and the the yin and yang of the experience versus the youth could be very positive for him. Yeah. Two alphas and yet very different personalities. Look, they fought. They had a they had a disagreement in a in a commercial, right? In an Allstate commercial when Harden blew up his his kitchen and then denied it. <laughs> so sometimes. Mm. Oh gosh, really, Rick? <laughs> sometimes reality. Really, Rick? Art. Oh yes. man! Yes. Oh, I missed that one. I can't believe they didn't meme that one. For sure, I can't believe they didn't meme that one. Wow, man! But you, hey, you, man, you know you, what? We, they should have memed. They should have memed Chris Paul. Somebody should meme Chris Paul saying in that video, "It's you, James." It's you. I can't believe nobody did that. Dang that! Hey, that was seriously missed. No, that was. And, and in all reality, Rick, you know, you look at Houston in that situation. But yeah, teams go after it, and when it doesn't work, you break it up. That's what happened. Happened with Lob City. When it didn't work, they they all right, DeAndre, you out. All right, Blake, you're out. Like when it doesn't work, you you put a run behind it, you put different pieces, you tinker here and there, and then they teams move forward. Exactly. That's that's basketball, man. Exactly. It's the NBA. All right. That does it for this episode. This episode seemed to be a lot longer than it actually was. Uh that's because <laughs> we had recording issues. We did about half a show and then I looked down and it had stopped recording about well, Rick, two minutes I, I, and 40 I don't, seconds in. I don't really consider this a show. I feel like we, it's kind of like a phone conversation, bro. Pretty like much. We, just get to, we get to catch up. <laughs> those, <laughs> those are the best ones yeah. for sure. <laughs> All right. In the next podcast, I will be joined by one Will Blackman. We've got training camps starting up. and Shout out uh, Will Blackman, by the way. What's that? You know, he's my he he's my guy, man. When I want to run, you know, some of my NFL stuff around, yes. I, I me and him, we chop it up, we talk, man. So shout out Will Blackman for, you know, giving me some amazing perspective, man. Is, the dude knows his stuff. Hundred percent. He is solid and he's still plugged in. And uh I he you know he got a he got a call from the XFL. To play? Yeah. I, I don't think he's gonna. T- I don't think he's gonna shape. take him up on it. He's, you know what? He's he is. Will is somewhat of a perfectionist when it comes to if he's gonna play. He wants to be a hundred percent. And I just, I think it's. I think he's he's moved down the road a little bit. He's still working out like a fiend, but yeah, like I know, I know he had mentioned kind of playing and he could bring something to a team. So he still has that bug. Kind he still of. does. Huh? Yeah, he still really? does. See, I don't have I don't have the bug, Rick. Well, you got a new bug. 
Yeah, I got a new bug. I knew get a new bug. When I when I stepped away from the game, I was fine. The kind of the big three for me is supposed to be, you know, weekend warrior basketball, man. Those 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 stats aren't supposed to mean anything. <laughs> I caught you the other day. It was fun. It's fun. Oh yeah. Fun watching you, fun seeing fun, fun seeing some familiar faces out there for sure. Mm-hmm. I I hope mm-hmm. that league uh is able to thrive. All right. That does it. Uh as I said in the next podcast, I'll be joined by Will and we'll catch you up on OBJ and Baker Mayfield and the amazing chemistry they already seem to have. Uh, Will has a lot of insight into uh, OBJ, having covered him at various times. So we'll get his read on that. In the meantime, uh, don't forget to rate us. And uh, if you'd like us to do something for you, wherever you rate us, iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts, then screenshot that review and send it to at Friends and you'll be eligible to win some prizes. All right, in the meantime, as always, thanks for listening. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.